Welcome to the Literary License Podcast Retrospective as we explore anthologies. Anthologies have been around since the 1800s with classics by Poe, Hawthorne, Stevenson, and Lovecraft to name a few. Motion pictures have been exploring anthologies since the 1930s until today, with even television using the format. Come with us as we celebrate the anthology films through the ages. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Literary License Podcast, and it is Anthology Week. I am your host for the Anthology Series, Joe Randazzo, and joining me today are Vicki Ray. Hey, everybody. And Keith Chago. Hello. So before, before we get started on the movies, uh, what's everyone been up to since uh, the last time we were here? Uh-oh. <laughs> I have not been up to a whole lot since the last time I've been here. But I'm just looking patiently forward to Keith moving to the great state of Texas so that I can call immigration as soon as he gets into the doubt <laughs> we're here for. <laughs> well, since last time I spoke to you three, I opened a can of Coke and I had a, I went outside and had a um, cigarette. So. <laughs> That's what I've been up to since last time I spoke to you guys. <laughs> and think he made a cup of coffee. <laughs> I did. I made a cup of coffee. I went to pee in between podcasts, so <laughs> so in case you guys aren't in on the joke, we're recording these back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> and, because Joe uh, had to go traveling and fuck our schedule up last week, that's why. <laughs> uh, I was re- I would have been ready to go if I actually had a voice and wasn't hacking up a lung. And you can hear there's a cough drop in my mouth because it, it's still lingering. Okay. You're going to get an argument for me. I was sick as shit last week. I was sick when I did the podcast with you guys before. It's got staying power. This one does. I'm still sick. Well, the the reason, another reason is, is that um, all my my accounts are going from UK to US. So that created a bit of a problem with the Zoom and with emails and everything like that as well but now that's sorted now so that that's another reason so basically i was setting up the meeting like the couple of days before and like posting it on to people's facebook <laughs> messages here you go here's the invite so yeah so yeah it's been, it's been a, r- a rough week <laughs> it's been a yeah the last two weeks i i don't know man this this lung buster whatever it is it's got staying power. I've been coughing up a lot for two weeks. I finally feel almost human today. It's just like, fuck. It just won't go. It's just the gift that keeps on giving. It will not go away. Like, Same stop. here. I've had, I've had a, a lingering <laughs> cough for weeks now. Every, but, uh, but the funny thing about it is every time I smoke a cigarette, it feel better. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why. It's, uh, I gotta it clear shouldn't my work that way. <laughs> well, smoking is... Uh, <laughs> what we found out three years ago that if you're a smoker it, it keeps the covid away yeah <laughs> it does actually it does it. yeah it, it, it kills that it kills, um, yeah, it, it kills something it kills something in the covid virus which is kind of weird so so people who, who were smokers people who were like heavy smokers didn't get covid people who didn't, didn't die of lung cancer healthy people were getting covid so which is kind of weird 
<laughs> They're just dying of lung cancer. Yeah. <laughs> COVID cancer, COVID cancer, DA can't decide. <laughs> what should it be? <laughs> well, if one don't get you, the other one will. That's for sure. No doubt. You don't even have to smoke your cancer these days. Like when you die, well, if don't get you, the devil must. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess as nobody's done anything since the last time we were on, <laughs> we'll, we'll just get right into the movies. Let's um, just get to it. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to start with Sin City. Sin City, also known as Frank Miller's Sin City, is a 2005 American neo-noir crime anthology film directed by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller and Quentin Tarantino, who isn't listed here for some reason because I think he only directs like one sequence. Yeah. Based on Miller's comic book series of the same name, the film stars an ensemble cast led by Jessica Alba, Benicio Del Toro, Brittany Murphy, Clive Owen, Mickey Rourke, Bruce Willis, oh, excuse me, and Elijah Wood. And fe featuring Powers Booth, Michael Clark Duncan, Rosario Dawson, Carla Gugino, Rutger Howard, Jamie King, Michael Madsen, Nick Stahl. Much of the film is based on the first hand, uh, the first, third, and fourth books in Miller's original crime, original comic series. The Hard Goodbye is about an ex-convict who embarks on a rampage in search of his one-time sweetheart's killer. The Big Fat Kill fo follows a private investigator who gets caught in a street war between a group of prostitutes and a group of mercenaries, the police and the mob. That Yellow Bastard focuses on an aging police officer who protects a young woman from a grotesquely disfigured serial killer. Now, the intro and outro of the film are based on the short story the customer is always right, which is collected in Booze, Broads, and Bullets, the sixth book in the comic series. Sin City opened to wide critical and commercial success, gathering particular recognition, gathering, not garnering, particular recognition for the film's unique color processing, which rendered most of the film in black and white while retaining or adding color for uh, selected objects. The film was screened at the 2005 Cannes Film Festival in competition and won the technical grand prize for the film's visual shaping. A sequel, also directed by Miller and Rodriguez, was released in 2014, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, but failed to match the critical and commercial success of its predecessor. So we're going to cut to the trailer of Sin City and be right back. Gold is dead. I've been framed for murder, and the cops are in on it. Open up, please. I'll be right out. Looking for Nancy Callahan? As to the stage, Pilgrim. She's just warming up. Made a terrible mistake. We need to get out of here. Break this second. This clown's out of control. I followed him here to make sure he didn't hurt any of the girls. Us helpless little girls. It's time to prove to your friends that you're worth a damn. Sometimes that means dying. Sometimes it means killing a whole lot of people.
walk down the right back alley in Sin City, and you can find anything. And welcome back to Literary License Podcast. We're discussing Sin City, and Vicky, let's let's start with you on your thoughts on Sin City. I fucking love this movie. I have always loved this movie. I don't. There's just something so raw about it. And it, and it, of course, and it, and it kind of like who framed Roger Rabbit, kind of, or not even, it's like, the, but it's kind of like the noir kind of part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I find it, I just found it fascinating how they film this. I like how the cars appear, you know, how they're in them. And you know, it's like animation with, with, I don't know how you guys are big on knowing how film is, but it's all, bl- it's, all blue, it's all blue screened. It is. It, I just, there's no, love there, the there, there no sets in the whole movie at all. I love the look of it completely, and and I love that the I I I love the misogyny of it, if I may. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I just thought it was a great flick. I, I get a kick out of it. I mean, Mickey Rourke, he's not never really one of one of my favorite actors, but I love Barfly for some reason. When I I just love that movie Mickey Rourke was in, but he's he's just really good in this. And I love how Bruce Willis starts it out because I forgot, you know, how it ends because I don't want to give it away. A lot of people probably haven't seen it, but it, it was just, it reminded me of like, you know, 300. They filmed that in the same kind of, you know what I mean? With the King mm-hmm. Leonidas and all that. But it, it's that, that kind of, it's kind of, the movie is totally over dramatic because I mean, just like when he's kissing his warrior prostitute they're practically eating each other i mean everything <laughs> in this film is over dramatized i mean everything goes over a hundred percent in each scene everything is magnified it's already dramatic but it is more dramatic <laughs> no matter what it will get more dramatic and i just thought it was a brilliant film i just i like the look of it i like i love the characters there's just nothing about this film and i, I my favorite part is is uh, what's his name? He's the cannibal. Kevin the cannibal. Is that what I want to say? Uh, I just love Kevin the cannibal. He it, it, where the dog starts eating his legs after he's been dismembered. It's just like what the fuck? It's just sick and dark and and it's twisted. I don't know who wouldn't like this. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't like it. You you might have a different opinion. I love this shit though. This was great. I like um, the film. I think I think there's a lot of. There's a lot of style within it, and I like the the film noir nod it gives to everything. Oh, it does, big dog. There, but there's um, there's a couple things that I like all the stories, and I, I like the way it is. I kind of wish there's a little bit more of a connection. Really, there's some stories that kind of felt like they didn't connect with the other stories. They're great, but they they're you know like I the think Bruce it's just ones. the city that they're connected in and they all were in that bar where jessica alba's dancing and you know what i'm not gay but holy shit jessica fucking alba dancing in that cowboy <laughs> like that is just like merciless who basically <laughs> had, must must have like a no tick clause because she keeps her she's the only stripper who's fully dressed <laughs> yeah but she's so cute she's absolutely cute in this i mean she is this but I found the only thing that the only thing I kind of wish I had more of is the Josh Harnett beginning one because he kind of is in the beginning and then he comes in at the end and I kind of wish there was a bit more of a story for him than this like the opening and the closing. Yeah, like maybe weave him in and out a little bit more. Yeah, instead of just yeah. putting him in just like, uh, like how they kill him off. Well, like he isn't dead, is he? You know, they bring him well, back. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's a hitman. 
No, Josh Hardnett's in the uh, the very first segment, the prologue. Oh, him. That was what I was going to ask you about. I never truly understand that segment. Did she pay him because he's going to cash her check to kill her? I mean, I mean, she's going to he's going to cash her check. I mean, he's so he's then, a hit. He's a hit man. He's hired by someone. So, he yeah, her. I don't I'm not quite sure. That confuses me every time I see that once. I cannot figure out. But then he's a, yeah he is comes in at the very end and yeah, he comes at the very end because that. he gets his romance you know I forgot his, about that the girl, but the I couldn't figure out tipped in to pay the but she doesn't pay. want to do it alone you know it's just the way they worded it and and then he kills her he, after he kisses her and you think that he's in love with her but he kills her and holds her till her blood just yeah I just thought that he was just he's just you know romancing her before he kills her because he's that kind of a hitman yeah I guess. Because because at the end, he he kind of he kind of has a come on to the girl, bef- and then the elevator doors close. You know, kinda like he flirts with her a little bit. So I'm kind of wondering if yeah. that's a situation. I mean, Nick Stahl. I mean, that that was interesting casting because he's one of these people that were supposed to was supposed to be going to great things. You know, he's on the the yellow the yellow headed guy. Right. And he's supposed to have gone on to great things, but he never really went on to anything he didn't do a whole lot did he really he did that terminator 3 film situation but he's one of these things like he was promised to like this great career and you know he's gonna be this great actor you know this up up and coming but he never quite did that but but i think everyone's brilliant in the film i can't i mean bruce willis probably gets one of his best performances yeah though i don't understand what i don't understand is how he lived after his that's see, what I was trying to figure out. Did they part one story and it's part two stories? Like, how did he survive? Situation. I mean, he's old. He's got a bad ticker, and they shoot him. What? How many times in the back, in the front? And I mean, they've shot him every part of his body, but he's hooked up to twenty different IVs. You know? Well, <laughs> yeah. it's that's like the comic book thing, though. You know, like you can you yeah. never really kill someone off in a comic book, do you? I mean, you can you can kill them off, and then you know, two two issues later, they're back. <laughs> Or something so so I'm kind of wondering if it's like that, but I, but it is a dark film, and I and I do like I like the film noir, and I I like the dialogue. I think the dialogue's brilliant. Dialogue is awesome. It just is, especially when they get to Old Town. Those hookers just crack me up with like the hookers are running the town, and they're trying to keep the police and the gangsters out because of that. I mean, it was just I don't know. It's just such a cool movie. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't like us. A lot of people probably wouldn't like it because dames, broads. I mean, it's not really politically correct for this this kind of season, you know, way people's taste have seasoned over the well, years. I guess. But the thing is, the women are empowered women. Oh, they're badass, all of them. You know, they're they're very empowered women. I mean, the thing is, is you know, they're they they make their money because it's it's their choice. They're not forced into it. It's their choice to do what they're doing. So it's not like, you know, there's some pimp. There's no there's no pimp running them. Yeah, exactly. And especially Rosario Dawson. She comes off just amazing in this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as who I, I mean, I don't I don't uh, I, I can't think of anybody that I know that's seen it that dislikes it. I've heard the second one's terrible and I've never seen it. I didn't get one. through it all. I watched it for 40 minutes and I was disappointed and I never finished it. I probably should just finish it for friends. 
I mean, you might as well. Once you've started it, you might as well just finish it. Even if I, can, take I, it. Can, I can, I can't. I can't. I sat through about half hour of it. I can't. I can't. I couldn't do it. Say it ain't just oh, me. Really it just it, it doesn't. Once you're just spoiled to the first one, you want Bruce Willis. You don't want this rubbish. You know. So well, it, it's it's a, it's a bit like watching Speed Two. Yes. Yes. Great analogy. There you go. Yeah. That's that's true. And, and, what I, and what I don't understand is the same people. I mean, Speed Two is a bit different because let's face it. I mean, Keanu. I didn't left. hate it. I didn't. Hate well, it. I mean, well, Keanu left, and then the the but idea. I like the first one. Had a different director. I mean, and the only the only the only thing that returned. I mean, the only person that returned anything. The only person that returned was Sandra Bullock. Sin City Two has all the same people coming back. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, and a bigger, and, and uh, I think the same budget. So, so it doesn't make quite sense, but it's something. It just doesn't have something doesn't connect whatsoever. It just seems leggy. I don't. It just seems a leg, and this is. But the first one, I think, is a, is a good complete movie. But, but I, you know, I think, and I think it captures that the comic book style fantastically well. The only thing is, when I was watching this, I would love to see a Batman film filmed in this style. Yes, absolutely, yes. Oh my God, why hasn't nobody done that yet? Mm. Why has nobody done? It would be brilliant if somebody did that right. I think, you know, and I think using this kind of style, it'd be nice to see another movie done in this kind of style that would fit this kind of style as well. Yeah. Which well, I know, like three hundred, but they made another three hundred. And I didn't like that second one either. No. You I don't like 300. I love 300. I didn't like 300. I, I don't, I'm not very good with um, sword and sandal movies. So. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. I yeah. mean, I don't watch it every chance I get, but I mean, I, I, I don't turn it off when it's on. Then again, it's all those, you know, it's just like everybody's just all muscled up. <laughs> Gerald, Gerald Butler, who's been, who's, who's gone from A list to like B, B to C movies now. So, yeah. He's well, been, they do have like, their moments. But no, he's I, in like really questionable, like, like, like quality stuff now. He's gone. Uh, you who's know, that, Joe? Actually, Gerald what, Butler. Who? No, Gerard, yeah, Gerard Butler, who's in 300. Gerard Butler, I don't know what he's doing. Right he's now, kind of to like straight to straight to streaming movies. You know, they're like action movies, like on Prime and Netflix. He's oh, when he did, I, he did Greenland. I thought, oh, this could be a great end of the world apocalyptic. Yeah, it's the same shit, different movie. So yeah, I I loved him in his old like one of the first movies he made was Rain of Fire with hmm. Christian Bale, and that oh, yeah, was like I that I freaking loved him in that and he, that's when they were raw hardcore i don't know what they've done to these guys they got all freaking oh he was very, in hollywood i guess i don't know he was very good in joel shoemaker's phantom of the opera is the phantom very good in that as well i've never Surprised. seen that version it's excellent it's very good and emily rodson's in it as well and they're all doing their own singing and stuff so the only one not is Minnie Driver. She's miming, but everyone else is doing their own thing. I love so. Phantom of the Opera. We saw it in um, the Queen's Her Majesty's Royal Theater. Mm. <laughs> we seen the movie version of it. The movie and the musical. Excellent. Oh, we saw the music. We saw, I saw both. But the yeah. first time I actually saw the, yeah. you know, theater version was in, in London. It was just oh, so crazy. What year did you see it? I want to say 2000 and... Nine, I want to think. Well, after EU came in, okay, because before EU came in with the health and safety practices, the chandelier 
it falls really fast. Now it kind of oh, goes. Really? Now it goes a bit slow because of how I was it. really amazed at how they got the, the <laughs> well, they the, the the boat scene, you know, and the, I don't know how yeah. they that was freaking brilliant how they did that. I was like mesmerized. I go, this is freaking cool. I mean, they did a fantastic job with it. When I, when it's we one of those shows that got better once Sarah Brightman left. So. I mean, I was like, wow, this is just, I didn't know how they did it. It was just amazing, mm -hmm. all the stuff they did to make it. It was wonderful, a great production. Another thing I have to sit there and say about Sin City, though, this is Mickey Rourke's comeback. And it was very clever how they used, how they, what they did with his messed up face. Yeah, yeah, that was a very clever move for him to have this be his comeback. Okay, and it's okay. So we got Mickey Rourke with Goldie. He's upset because Goldie's dead. Who was? I, I always have a problem drawing the, the, the line of who is the other? Is that Goldie's friend, daughter? Yeah, think of it as a soap opera twin sister. Twin sister. So yeah, you okay, know, you, know, Goldie... you know, like in a soap opera when they kill off the main character and all of a sudden, like this, like this twin comes okay, in. Okay, so they're, yeah, so they're yeah, okay, so they're brothers. going to. They're going to electrocute him. So she gives him a right good one before he dies. Is that what happened? Well, I think he's, I mean, I think he's unkillable, I think. Well, you I know. think they killed him in this, though. I think they finally. They did, him. but they have, they had to like turn the juice on a couple yeah, times. Yeah, they had to hit him again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, he falls out of a building and like runs off after. <laughs> right. I know. I was like trying to figure <laughs> out, is he a man in this or is he more than a man in this? Because they don't really tell you he's superhuman, so it's all film. You know. Well, I think I think it's I think it's that whole comic book. It's it's a film noir comic book, this right? Film is so so. I think because it's film noir, you get the film noir talking and the way it's filmed, and it, and it gives that odd, you know, gives that nod to the '30s and '40s you know, film noir films, and the, and those crime those crime dramas, like you know. It was so uh, Mickey Spillane, too. Like, That's what it yeah. reminded me of. Yeah. Definitely. But then you have, but then you, but on the other side, you also have the comic book aesthetic about it with the characters, you know, like the, the you know, the So characters. you're saying, so there was, they didn't superimpose the acting film they, on they did, they did No, they did, they did in front of a green screen, so there's no sets. There's no sets. This is, okay, I was wondering how they did that. Everything gets put Amazing. in a post-production. It's so uh -oh. cool. I just, I just love the shit out of this. I wish the, I wish the sequel was worthy. You know, I would, it just wasn't. So what they, what they would do with the filming of this is like, let's sit there and say there's a staircase, and let's sit there and say that there's a chair. So basically, would there be, there'll be like a three D staircase that they would be able to walk up situation, but it all be, but it all be green. And then the chair would be green. So when they sat down, then what they would do is then they would put the scene in. That would give it that. Because I just like the car scenes. You know that they're not a car. I get that, obviously. But it's so cartoonish. While they're all in the car going like this, the car's a cartoon, literally. I just such, I get such a kick. I just love this movie. I just think it's great. I think it also gives a nod to Roger Rabbit as well. With the whole, Absolutely. Absolutely. With the where everything's kind of drawn in afterwards. And I, I had to say, it must not have been a movie to, sh to act in. So you're acting against nothing. Yeah. Situation. I mean, well, I mean, Brittany Murphy scenes. I mean, I guess so. There, there was no, I mean, was there no physical alter, you know, 
going on with the scenes? I mean, weren't they reading to each other at least? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, the actors were together, but, you know, but at the I same feel like time, like, you know, but, you know, it's, you know, like when Jessica, uh, like the pole would be there for right. Jessica to dance around, but the set behind her wouldn't be there. Right. They'd be in a green box situation. I loved how they made the blood look white. They didn't show red, but they only showed red sometimes. If you notice, they only showed it like if it splashed up under your face. But every time they like cut a hand off or like the head or or what was little ninja, the little ninja girl there that's carving everybody up like a Christmas turkey. <laughs> but I mean that was so it was just so well done. It was a very I mean, intriguing movie. I mean, the sad thing about this is that Jack Snyder would use the same thing on his soccer punch movie, the same kind of the same what kind of uh, like he filmed it the same way is is what yeah. he's talking about. Because if you see Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch. Punch. Oh, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, you're not missing much, but yeah. But the first a, like fifteen minutes are great, and then it just knows that after that. After that. Yeah, 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 it's Zack Snyder. It's a Zack Snyder film. What do you more do you expect? <laughs> there's a lot. Man, there's Zach just Snyder I think everybody with a phone is making a film lately. Just to be, I go, oh, this looks good, and then I can't do it. Then I put something on. Oh, this I can tell in three minutes if I can do a movie or I got it down. <laughs> it's like, no, can't do it. I can tell in the first three minutes if I can't take it. I can't. I mean, everybody's I mean, got a movie out now. I have to sit there and say that I forgot that Brittany Murphy was in this movie. So did and, I. I totally and when I saw that. her, it's really sad that well, it is. Hard. It's heartbreaking, actually. She was she was really good in this. She really was good. She at was that. really young too when she passed away, and it wasn't too long after this either. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't too long after this at all. <laughs> she died that from a. They think she died from black mold or something, didn't they? Well, they think so, but I think they, they kept. I think her mother kept medicating her with all kinds of bullshit. And there's, and there's, but then her her husband died like a year later with the same thing. Not much longer after her. Not, not even a year. I don't think. But it has a good. I mean, I I like also that it has a good ensemble characters. But there's no there's no. It, it's one of those rare movies that you have all these great actors appearing, yeah. but no actors taking away from anyone else. No, not at all. No not stories all. overshadowing another story. I can't. Well, I can't think about my favorite see, story in this. What I, I wanted to see more of a tie-in at the end, but they all are in the bar together because Bruce Willis is in there. They didn't show. Oh gosh. Oh, what's his name? Dwight in the bar when Bruce Willis and Mickey Rourke are in the bar. You don't mm. see him, but you see them. And Jessica Alba's doing her thing, her your dance and stuff. I, I just I don't know how they did this. I don't. I, 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 I don't. Just, they would make a Batman. I wish they would make more movies like this. I love this. Yeah. I don't care if it's misogynistic. I loved it. <laughs> well, I mean, I di I didn't find it misogynistic at all because I've said they're saying James the women, Broads. The, no, I yeah, know. but they called they called Dames and Broads, but at the same time, the Dames and Broads are the ones that are running the show. Uh, what was it, Miho? Was she was she was the little the little Oriental girl that was like the ninja? Because mm -hmm. I mean, even like I mean, Goldie dies for whatever reasons. They don't that. really. Did, I wish they'd elaborate. I mean, it's okay. So it's, 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 it's the frame. The, it was the frame the Ricky, the Mickey Rourke to bring him down. That character. Well, he wasn't really in love with her. I guess she took pity on him and 
Yeah, she's a great lay. Well, when, so he well, was when mad you look like that, and anyone's gonna if you're gonna if you look like that and people have sex with you, you're probably gonna fall in love with them because not many people are gonna fall in love with you, are you? So well, I don't know. He he might have been well endowed. You never know. Well, you know, well, that's 20 minutes of, you know, 24, <laughs> um, 24 hour day, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, you know, but, uh, you know, but, you know, so you don't really have too much of what Goldie is. So, so it's almost like his idea of what Goldie is. I mean, she was a, she was a prostitute at the end of the day. So right, he didn't know she was a prostitute though. No, but I mean, you know, he woman. has sex and he's in love with her. So he goes on this. You know, I need to revenge her killer. But what was uh, his relationship with Je- Jessica Alba? I know him and Bruce Willis both knew her. He, I think she's just someone who just at the bar. And so they just kind of, she was just a nice girl. Well, you know, it's a bit like Brittany Murphy. I mean, they probably all knew who she was as well. Her character, you know, they they because they all frequent the same bar, so and they were all, you know, you know. But because if you look at it, I mean. You know, he says something about her, but he doesn't spend any time with her or have any moments with her. You know, she's just dancing on the bar when he shows up there. But but even like Goldie's sister, when she pops in, I mean, she's a strong character in her own right. You know, right. she you know she's not taking any prisoners either. So why did she try to shoot him? She thought that he killed her well, sister. She thought, yeah, she thought that you know she she believed well she believed that the story was that basically that he killed her. You know that he killed her sister because that's you know the police show up and that the police are searching for him because he killed Goldie, though he right. was set. So it, it was all set up to get to get to arrest him and take him under for whatever reason. So loved it, though. but yeah, I mean, I but I did like the whole comic book aesthetic about it as well with the comic book kind of characters. With that's it what well. I like. The Walking Dead is when they kept their comic book kind of aesthetic after Negan appears and. It just goes right out the fucking window. I don't know what happened. Well, it became the Negan show, then, and he only appeared like in two of the comic books. He's a six. Yeah, well, he no, he's in. Yeah, he's in there for like. I could kick myself for not keeping those comic books, but he he's in. But he disappears, and he he doesn't die, or he just goes away. They drag yeah. it out instead of following the comics. They should have followed the. I just, I just, I, after season, well, I mean, Rick's, 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 Rick's hand was supposed to be chopped off at one point, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. I it gave up be... after season, season seven. Just, I liked but... the comic book stuff. And then you just gotta, you know, and then you bring in the diversity and the inclusion. Who is inclusive in the apocalypse? You just wanna stay alive, you know? But, but, but um... That's what I, but I really love that comic. That's probably why I like this so much because it is just in its rawest form. It was, you get busted in the characters. I didn't even get up to pee. You know, I really enjoyed it. I wish the second one was good because it just doesn't have that pull with the characters either. The second yeah, one. I don't know. I mean, there, there's some kind of weird disconnect. I'm not quite sure. I think it, I couldn't, I mean, it I could, could be also the amount of time because it, it's been a like while. nearly a decade in between yeah. the two movies. <laughs> normally, normally this kind of sequel, you, you get a sequel in like a year or two. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but that, that that makes it that makes it even worse because that means that there should have been they had enough time to sit there and do a decent story and get decent actors. You know, they you know they didn't have to they didn't have to spit one out like a year later. So yeah. I don't. I mean, something doesn't work. I mean, it had a good cast. I mean, I mean Rosario and Mickey Rourke return and Jessica Abbott returns and Jamie King returns and Powers Booth returns. 
But the rest of the cast, Josh um, Brolin, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ava Green, and Ray Liotta, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, it had Yeah, big... Ray Liotta was in it. I mean, Lady Gaga's in it. I mean, probably not. I her like most... her. I, I like her, but. She's fine, but I'm not saying that movie, probably, uh, that's probably up there with Machete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, it was it wasn't yeah. a shining moment. It had, it had that Madonna feel to it, you know. We're putting a mute. Oh my God! Musical. Don't be getting going on Madonna. I just wish that woman would just age gracefully. Uh, so but dead lie down. But I think overall, I think I mean, I think Sin City works on a lot of a lot of multiple levels and stuff like that. I can't. I mean, there's, and I think as I said before, it's really weird to see an anthology film like that where one story is not greater than another. No, uh, and you're right. They, they really one didn't outshine the other, did they? In that, it's just all. Um, it's just a great, great storytelling. It just really is. I wish somebody could take the ball and run with that and make another good one like that. God, I miss that stuff. Yeah. Are, are you talking more about the filmmaking or about the storytelling style when you say that? Both. Though? Both. I mean, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. What's up? What were your thoughts? What do you think of Sensei? I just missed the caliber of the story. That's all. They don't do that stuff anymore. That's what I'm saying. They just don't. It's been 20 years. Well, this comes on the back end of Pulp Fiction. kind of. Yes, pulp, it's very kind of. pulpy. It's yeah, very... It's, I mean, that's this is... God, this might, be the ta- this might be the very end of that style, too. I really like the film a lot. I'm in the minority that I actually don't like the, the look of the film. I... I like I don't feel it works. I never, I've never been a big fan of doing stuff like against a blue screen or a green screen right. and doing the whole thing there. <clears throat> I like, you know, I like building sets. I like seeing set, seeing right. sets created and built. So to me, this, I don't know. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, that do just that, kind of thing, that takes away from it from me. You just storytelling wise, more physical that- locality. Yeah, storytelling wise, the film is excellent. I could see why they did what, yeah, you know, why I could see how it fits in here. So I, I, I could forgive it here. Right. I could forgive the look of the film here. I'm in the minority as far as like wanting to see more movies made like this because I don't like how, how artificial it looks. That's why I liked it though, I think, is because I know it's artificial and it's comic booky. You know, well, I, I mean, mean I, yeah, it, other films that have tried this style haven't succeeded at all. No, they haven't. Well, those films probably didn't. Have, uh, those films didn't have Robert Rodriguez, who's mm. you know an well, excellent filmmaker. Right. Even you That's know, though he's I mean, another this... one that lately, his films haven't been that good lately. But he's a he's a he's one of the greatest filmmakers ever. So uh, if someone's going to do this kind of thing, it should be one of the greatest of all time attempting it. Well, saying uh, that, saying that, they still kind of continue this style. I mean, aren't most of the Marvel Avenger movies this? Well, well, they're kind of the well, kind of, but not. Well, there's no, there's no sets. There's no sets. They're all playing against green screens, aren't they? Oh well, yeah, that's true. I didn't really think of it that way. But well, I guess yeah. the, they actually use this technology and move it forward. I mean, what I, what I like about this, which you don't see with other green film, green screen films after this, is that everything's first been clear looking. Where normally what you get is just get you kind of get this kind of fuzzy you know, moving thing that happens that you can't make out what the hell is going on sometimes. Oh, was this, is this what a cheaper way to make that film or was this yeah. the intention of the director? I think well, this is the intention of the director to give it that, the, the, this, if you look at the Sin City comic books, right. They, they're done in this black and white and gray style. Right. 
and it look and it look it looks like they actually lifted the comic book. That, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. That's true. It does look like a comic book. It definitely. So, does. so I think that's the reason why they did this for this. And I think for me, this works on. That's why I said that if they were going to ever do something like this again, if they're going to do this black and white style again, I would love to see a Batman like the, the last Batman from the Batman with Robert. Right. This would that probably actually work for using this style, but I don't think you can use this with every stop i don't think you can do this with and just any old well, this is going to be an ignorant question probably joe would know but is there a difference between blue and green screen as blue someone screen. who hasn't really used them a lot i would not be able to tell you like the intricacies of it there is a difference in look i've shot stuff on green screen i never like the way it looks though i've never have i i couldn't tell you this i don't know maybe keith might know better than i do i was just the... wondering because you guys say well blue screen here green screen there blue blue, blue screen blue screen was used in before you uh, mary poppin mary poppin oh okay i get uh, okay. the parent trap is blue screen bits and pieces of that or uh, okay I and, get you. and then and then hitchcock didn't use blue screen he used a yellow screen which is what you get with the birds oh okay um, so it uh, does give a different look though yeah and I think the reason why Sin City with the green screen works very well because I think it's the black and white. I think if it was right. this was in color, I'm not sure you would have the same effect. It does look like a comic. That's why I liked it so much, though. I mean, that's why yeah. it works for me. But Joe probably more hands on likes. To build I mean, it's it's with me. It's just an aesthetic choice. I don't that that I you know for this movie right. it works. Yeah. For a lot for a lot of other movies that tried this, like I'm just trying to figure out how punch. Well, I mean, you got Gotham City. I mean, they make that look dark, and that works. For, for yeah, ba- but for that's a Batman not, but movie, City, you guys Gotham are right. I think for a Batman set. movie, this could be excellent. Yeah, yeah. If I think if, if, if they did like the the Batman with Robert Pattinson, they filmed it right. in this style. I think this would that would have worked for that. I can't see it working for. I mean, it's like Soccer Punch doesn't work. Three hundred has. There are times where there is some kind of ropey. CGI stuff going on in that, that that and he has his art kind of artificial kind of feel to it. There's also they also use it in oh the superhero Justice League. Yeah, does this again and again. You kind of it doesn't really work sometimes. That whole CGI green screen movie effect. Yeah. So so I think for this for me in this film that's what I like about this film I think it works for this film and I think because of the style and the comic book of the film and the com- the comic book that it's based on that it works for here I, it's very rare that I have seen it work for anything else though. Right. You know. I just think I, it's a good story. I think it's because like it. I think it's because of the black and white. I think it's the black and white that sells it. It gives it that I just hole. think it's one of Bruce Willis's one of you guys said it one of his best his best you know Performances. Yeah, it just—it's kind of sad though because you kind of watch this and look at Bruce Willis, and I, you know, I watched Die Hard because it's a Christmas movie, but I watched Die Hard, and you know, and then you read the stories of what's happened to him. It's kind of sad. It—it's heartbreaking. It is absolutely soul sucking to see him like that. It just breaks my heart. Such a—I mean, you just think of Bruce Willis, vital, virile, badass. You know, but when you find out that he was like showing up on, you know, the last six years, he was showing up on film sets and he couldn't remember his lines and they had to feed him his lines ahead of time. And he couldn't. And then and then people and then sometimes the director would be yelling and screaming at him. 
Not oh, really. I didn't know that. I don't uh, there's some like there's some like really sad stories that are going around about him now. So it's sad. Yeah, it really the is. last couple movies, you could visibly see an earpiece in his ear. Really? They were, feed- they were feeding him his lines through an earpiece. They don't say what he's got though. Is, he, is it Alzheimer's? Uh, Alzheimer's. He's got dementia. Dementia. Aphasia. Okay. Oh yeah, that. Well, mm-hmm. it's dementia. But. What a you know, horrible think, thing to do to a person, especially someone that it's just it's sort of like being blind and not being able to read, you know, mm-hmm. it just. But I think but I, I can't fault anyone in this film at all, as far as the actors. I think it's well cast as well. Mm-hmm. They did a good so job. Brittany the- Murphy. I was so I'm I, always pleasantly surprised to see her pop up. I forgot she was in this. I haven't watched it in many years. God, she had those big eyes too. those big expressive big brown eyes. eyes. She was this real sweetie, I bet. And just think, it all started with Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. And uh, I'm trying to think, what else? What else uh, there's a Tarantino involvement in this. Yeah, there was. Uh, I can't remember what it was. What did, he di- what did he direct? Did he direct like the Josh Hartnett bit? Let me see. Which part was it that he directed? Quentin Tarantino directed... Oh boy, there's so much here. I'm just glad he didn't get a part in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Quentin Tarantino, but I have to see every time he shows up in a film, it kind of takes you out of the movie. I don't know. I love it, but um, what's that? Uh, Dust till dawn. Oh, that's fine. That's Robert Rodriguez. He directed that. Yeah, I just, I just think it's funny with Selma Hyatt. This freaking got that tequila, and she's dumping it through her shoe on QT's freaking mouth. Quinn Tarantino's, he's got a foot fetish. Well, it's his foot fetish, isn't it? She's got her, she's got that heel in his mouth and he's drinking all that. I just, it was just so funny. That is like one of my favorite scenes of any movie ever is when she comes out with that fucking snake. <laughs> just like, what the fuck? I, I mean, and, he, and you know that when she's shoving his, when she's shoving her foot in his face, that he's really getting off on it. And <laughs> Well, I mean, have you seen her? I mean, my God, there's nothing wrong with her in that movie. It's it's been like like Mickey Rourke having sex with Lisa Bonet. and and (laughs) The same same equivalent. Same same level. I forgot about that, too. Oh, no. She just got nominated for a Razzie for uh, for the new Magic Mike movie. Lisa Bonet? No, uh, Sama Hayek. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, she's in... uh, She's in the new I Magic Mike movie. It. It's terrible, and she was nominated for Worst Actress. I've never seen. I, I saw the first one. The first one was fun. Second one was kind of fun. I just can't do the third one. Well, it's I like, like cake, it's like but... Hangover movies. It's like you got to stop now. <laughs> I know. Please, please, by for the love of God, don't holy, don't make another Hangover movie. It's like no. <laughs> like how many times do these people go away with each other? Come on. <laughs> Not natural. <laughs> Imagine Mike is like, it's like, okay, I can understand this. Like, you know, you, you're on this rise, you're a male stripper, fine. And, and at the end, you're like, you're disillusioned by it. So, do you, how many times do you have to come back and be disillusioned by you being, being, being a male stripper? <laughs> now, without Matthew McConaughey, now, when he was stripping in the first Magic Mike, that really melted my butter just a little bit. <laughs> it's like, well, the, damn. <laughs> well, the thing is that because they keep bringing back the same cast, the thing right. is, 
you know, it's a bit, it's a bit like that friend that has like a personal problem. And like the first time that you hear it, you're okay with it. The second time you hear it by the third time, it's like, you just need to freaking get over it. But it's yeah. like, the same characters are having the same kind of life crisis in every movie. Like, okay. You know, the first time he's like, oh yeah, okay. I understand. I hope they, you know, they get over it. And then by the end of the movie, you know, they come to some form of it. And then they come back and they're disillusioned again. It's like, oh, come on. And they come back rather and they're disillusioned again. It's like, okay. Got it. <laughs> Being a male stripper's hard. <laughs> Those are a lot of fun, though. We got them in Dallas. I've never had more fun and I go to a, a male stripper bar that's a gay male stripper bar because that's just full-out entertainment. Well, I think they're, they're male strippers against female strippers. The male, the male strippers are always well choreographed. Yeah. There, it's, always, it's, it's always a show that's put together. It's all choreographed, isn't it? We're... They, they never put do some a, time into it. But the female one, they never really do a female choreograph. <laughs> they just get up there and start slathering. Yeah. Nothing for one for last guy. That was it. It was just a free for all for women. stop. No, it's true. I'm just like, you know, it's it's like it's weird. Like male strippers is like it's like it's all choreographed and everything has its place and everything, you know, and they you know, they everything's all laid out. Where female strippers is like, you know, they get hired at a bar and then they they do they do, you know, their 15, 20 minutes or whatever they have to do. But it's not choreographed. They just have to they they're on their own. No one's no one's teaching them. They have to, you know, sink or swim. It's like you do what you yeah. want to do. The thing. That's pretty it's much like, what it is. That's and the male strippers, the male stripper shows, they normally get like choreographers from Broadway to do them. It's like, here you go. I'm so <laughs> glad all the people I love don't do that now. <laughs> right? If you can, you know, it's good, nice work if you can get it. You can make good money on it. So 10 grand for a freaking hour, you know, just guys will do anything for tits. I swear. I never realized. I mean, women, seriously, you can you can solve all the world problems today. Just everybody just not show their boobs ever again. I mean, oh, I think, but to be honest, one thing I can say is that for female strippers, it, it's a lot safer for them than it is for male strippers. Male strippers, I mean, for God's sakes, those women, women are fucking horrible. Women, are, women are, especially anything over 50, they go fucking nuts. Seriously nuts. We oh. brought all of our mothers. When I was like 25, we took all of our mothers to a strip show. Oh my God. <laughs> I put, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll leave this in the dump. I have a friend who used to be a male stripper back in the day. And he had so many scratches because nothing's, I mean, women have long fingernails. And when they're tipping you, they're scratching yeah. you. <laughs> oh. They're like having little paper cuts all around your waist. All around your wiener. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I have to say, you know, when you when you when you compare the two, I mean, women strippers are, you know, you know, they don't, you know, they don't, you know, you're not allowed to touch them and sort they do the show or what all that their stuff. But male strippers is like they're, I mean, they're they're being touched and everything. It's just like it's y'all deserve to be viewed that way as channel. <laughs> you, know, you just don't know what it's like to be justified. Your routine <laughs> objectified. <laughs> a sex object. It's horrible. <laughs> you know, you need to accept me like a human being. That's because I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any, because I could not find the, uh, I couldn't find what segment Tarantino directed. 
I couldn't um, find it either. I had a couple articles pulled up, but I'm not seeing it. I think he. I think he did the. I, I think he did the Josh Harnett in the beginning one because that I don't know that for sure. But that's the only thing that seems slightly different from everything else in the movie. Okay, but okay, the dickless freak, you know, when he turns orange. Why did he turn orange? It's because his father gave all of those that all that stuff to get him. He wanted a legacy, so his shot his son's dick off. So he got him to do all this science or whatever, so he'd grow his appendage back, but it turned him orange. Yeah, right? I think he I think it's like but he smelled it. They don't well. say why he smelled. But yeah, I could just smell him because when he's pounding his head in, and I bet you that stinks real bad. (laughs) Well, apparently he smelled really bad, but I think it's some whatever chemicals they were shooting him into, it turned he had a like some kind of weird he had like a Madonna allergic reaction to the plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen have you seen those things with the faces stretched? (laughs) Yeah, a bit like uh, Catherine Hellman in Brazil. So I guess Uh yeah, I guess we just go on to rate Sin City. Starting with you, Vicky. Oh, I'm always gonna give this a five. I love this movie for obvious reasons. And how about you, Keith? I'm going to give it a five. I think, I mean, for one of one of a kind film, I think it works on all levels. Yeah. I mean, I, do I want to? You know, would I want to see another one? Oh, I saw another one, and now <laughs> what's up? <enough? laughs> if you count Sucker Punch, you've seen two other ones. <laughs> yeah, or any Marvel ah. movie. So, for myself, I'm going to give it four. I don't hate it. I can, you know. It just doesn't work for you in the filming. Yeah. Like I said, I like everything about it except for the look of the film. I just cannot get over how artificial it looks. And I realized that, that was the director's choice. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock them for making for making the movie they wanted. Well, they uh-huh. two directors. Three if we count Quentin. Three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock their choice. Um, they had a vision. Yeah, they had a vision. They pull. I mean, for what it, for this kind of movie, it works. But it, I, I just kept getting pulled out of the movie by it. And I guess five stars for me would be total immersion. Right. I just couldn't get over the fact that I know I'm not that I'm not getting fully immersed because of the look of the film. Well, there's That's no the right or wrong answer. You know that. What's that? I said there's no right or wrong answers here. But that being said, though, storytelling wise, it's excellent performance performances i like a lot of the performances in it the movie is fun it's a fun little ride so i'm absolutely absolutely okay with that but yeah solid four for me not uh, obviously tarantino robert rodriguez has made better movies so i would feel weird giving this a five right but also while i didn't enjoy it as much as like desperado or any of those movies so uh solid four it's a very good
Um, so I guess that brings us to the uh, the uh, the second film, which is going to be Southbound from 2015. Southbound is a 2015 Amer- American horror anthology film directed by Radio Silence, Roxanne Benjamin, David Bruckner, and Patrick Horvath. Produced by Brad Miska and Roxanne Benjamin, the film premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 16th, 2015. It was given a limited theatrical release in the United States on February 5th, 2016. The film was included on many, on numerous best horror films of 2016 lists, including those by Rolling Stone, BuzzFeed, and Thrillist. And we're going to be cutting to the trailer for Southbound, and we'll be right back. You want to wear the black, I know. Of course I want to wear the black. I... I just hit a woman with my car. Sir. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Sir, I'm sorry. Sir, you're breaking up. I said I'm in the middle of nowhere? Kim! <laughs> we still have this one last weekend, though, little girl. <laughs> well, this next one is for all you lost souls. All you sinners racing down that long road to redemption, but heading straight into that pit of darkness up ahead. We're all on the same endless highway. Ugh, of course we get a flat. Guys, car! Why don't you come to our place? This place feels like a bad acid trip. Guys, we have got to go. I'm not going anywhere. Well, they're gonna try to stop you. But you gotta keep moving. Help! I need some help! I don't deserve this. Just trying to find our way home. That's life, right? And welcome back to Literary License Podcast. And we are discussing Southbound from 2015. Starting with you, Keith. What are your thoughts on Southbound? I was pleasantly surprised. I was one of those when we when we were constructing anthology films, I thought, okay, well, let's find some things that I have never seen before. And just, we covered this years ago. You don't remember Southbound when we were doing the Shutter podcast? No, we picked this you, one a long you know, time when, ago. When we were doing the Shutter podcast, you were watching films, and I was watching other. Yeah, films. I watched this one. That's right. Okay, yeah. that's right. So actually, this, this is the first time I've seen it. Oh, and, I thought you watched it. Okay. No, I, and I really, I really liked it a lot. I, I like, like it a lot too. I was pleasantly I was surprised, and what I was really shocked is that, like, Radio Silence went on to do Ready or Not and right. screen and the screen films and right and the other direct, but they're all like different. Each story is a different director, 
but it's so seamless. You wouldn't know. You would. I thought it, when I was watching it, I thought it was one director for the whole. How it all hooks up together. But they're all different directors for each story, and that works. And I and it's and like, like good the, for gore hounds too. It's gory. It's got a good story. I like the monsters. I don't know what are they. Are they like sentinel entity? Like I thought they were kind of. I thought they're kind of angels. No, they're pretty avenging if that's what they are. Well, angels are, I mean, the Bible are avenging angels but, anyway. They're but not, I think the whole theme that runs perfect. through this movie is just karma is a bitch because mm-hmm. it go get you. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? And I like the wraparound. I like how it goes back to the beginning. I like I like the way that worked. I think that works really successful. Sometimes it feels sometimes it can feel a bit forced, but I think it works here actually for me. What do you guys think about the 1950s scenario and the the, the crazy people that were eating the yucky meatloaf? I wouldn't eat that meatloaf, by the way. That those girls had stopped there. They just that was then the twins. That was just like one of my biggest nightmares: waking up to a scenario like that, and you're stuck in the 50s with all of these psychos, you know, <laughs> with all well, of their psycho stuff and their 50s stuff, and and just. Fucking brilliantly weird, you know. And I, I, I quite like what I quite liked about it is that the girl, the vegan, could hear stuff, but the other girls couldn't. But and because they, they ate the meat, that's well. No, this is before the meat. Before they went to dinner, they're in the bedroom, and then they go. She goes, "Did you hear that? I don't hear anything. You're being stupid." And they're saying, "That's, that's true." And that's then true. when they go eat the meat in the car, they get sick. But then what I also liked is like, you know, she gets away and she's running and then she gets hit by the car and that goes into the uh, next. Yeah. God, that was brutal. That was the fucking brutal, that whole thing. And then he tries to massage her heart with the instructions of the phone and he sticks his arm up her chest cavity. It's just like, oh my God. It was excellent. <laughs> and, and and then that ends, and then you see the car going by, and then you realize and then you realize this the woman on the phone who's denied doing the nine one one call. And then yes. that goes- and I and I love the way that they skewed from one story to the other, and it was just seamless. And I like I know that was very very clever, and that's why I found it shocking that it was different directors because they I all had the, they all had the same look and all, the same feel all the way through it, which was quite a phenomenal thing to do to be able to do that. They did a good job tying it in because I didn't know that either. Yeah, so. yeah, it, it it's like Tales of Halloween a couple of months back, where that was multiple different directors all doing a story that's that all wraps together i think this one actually ties it together a lot better yeah not the tales of halloween was a bad film it's a very good film but it just wasn't it it did like the the wraparound didn't tie everything together as well no uh, and there was a, a bit of forceness with the wraparound there was what i said there was a bit of forceness plus tales from the halloween i, I do like a tales of halloween but i think there's too many segments as well well, that that was something else that was that was harming it a little bit. I think we discussed that back then. Yeah. Um, My tales of Halloween. Yeah, too many segments. I loved them, but but by the end of it, you got you kind of got a little fatigue from it. Where this, this, I mean, it, it's like it, it it ended in a great way, but at the same time, like I could have seen more. But I'm glad that I right. it ended, did and not. And to have a largely unknown cast, they're all fantastic. I mean, I can't see any. Joe, you recognized one of the actors, didn't you say? Maria Olsen uh, is actually a close friend of mine. She's she's the woman who gets off the payphone and walks into the bar at the beginning oh, of that segment. Oh, really? Yeah. 
we made a we made a few films together. She's in she's in my short film, The Perfect Candidate. She plays Joe Estevez's wife. So, but yeah, she's awesome. I absolutely adore her. I mean, I'll actually I'll, I'll text her after after we're off the air here. And be like, hey, I just saw you in Southbound. In Lords of Salem, wasn't she? She's in Lords of Salem. She's oh, in, really? I didn't. Yeah, she's a, got a good eye. I didn't notice that. She's in a lot of stuff. Because uh, I recognize, I recognize it because my friend Kim looks a lot like her. So my friend Kim here. So I mean, the one I work with. So I think oh, when we were watching, I go, God, it looks like Kim from work. So, <laughs> but yeah, so. she's uh, she's awesome. I'll I'll text her uh, when we're when we're off the air here and tell her. Yeah, I just checked her out in this. But yeah, I, I like 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 Vicky the 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 girl getting hit by the car and then the guy the take guy having the ER. yeah the guy having basically to take her to the ER. That is just that that segment is just brutal. It's horrendously brutal. You gotta love it if you're a girl. It's like yeah, you know, just the thought that he stuck his arm up her chest cavity to do heart massage. I was just like freaking sinking in my. I was like crawling under the coffee table. It's like the way he's making stop. Don't do no. But this this movie kind of brings us back to you know what we were discussing last month with with Tales from the Crypt. It's this this kind of moralistic EC Comics thing where. And me even where, where where the whole thing is about is about karmic retribution. It's about being a good person or bad things will happen to you. Yeah, basically. And kind of couldn't leave town either, because this thing was guarding the town. You couldn't leave. I mean, no matter what. Well, another thing that's quite interesting though is that because if you look at the timing of the movie and every story kind of flows from there, and of course we wrap back around to the beginning of the movie. But it's almost, but I think the reason why it works is because if you notice the street sign doesn't have a number on the, the road. It doesn't. So, so when they enter, they're in like this weird purgatory repeat cycle thing going around and it mm-hmm. goes round and round and round. So these characters are going through the same thing, like a purgatory. And then a little bit like Tales from the Crypt, where they're kind of like reliving their stories as they enter. Parents do. The ones that had the house, like the Airbnb. I still haven't been able to figure out what did they do wrong? Well, that was, I didn't quite figure it out because she said, because they said the wife wasn't innocent. But it's like an innocent of what? Yeah, I couldn't figure out what they did wrong. Yeah. So I wasn't quite sure. And then they said the daughter wasn't innocent. So. But I'm not, but, but it's one of those things where he wish they, they whisper what the husband's secret is and she's, and she's like shocked, but they never tell you what the secret is. Well, basically they just suffer the same fate. They're in a loop. That's just what keeps going on and perpetuating. So they're just stuck in this. They're going to die and re- oh, continually. Well, see, this is. I think this is the the one flaw in the movie is that so basically the husband's guilty of something, the other two are innocent. And right. of course these skeletal angels or demons come out of them, but it comes out of the husband as well. So at first I thought, well, maybe they come out of the good people when they get right. when they get, they get killed because they shouldn't be killed. Because they haven't done anything wrong, but then why does it come out of the husband? So what's the husband's secret? So that's that's the only thing that I had difficult connecting. Because we don't know what the husband did. How bad is it? 
But whatever it did, it has something to do with the daughter, the girl in the picture, which we don't see that story. Mm -hmm. So they're 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 getting. So obviously, he either killed that guy's sister, the girl in the picture, or he had sex with her. So they're killing the husband. I'm not, but we don't know what that story is, and that's the only thing that kind of like. You know, because I think the mythos of the whole movie works. I think all the stories work in in the in the mythos of this purgatory town. But the angels coming out of the two, the mother and daughter at the end, or the skeletal, right? That makes sense. But when it comes out of the husband, it kind of threw me a little bit because I'm like, oh, I'm not quite sure now. Yeah, that that one kind of is what comes out of you because because they go those angel things go on. They go. They get revenge, don't they? Because they right. kill. They, they kill the guy, and then the in the beginning of the movie, the guy goes into the hotel room, and then we kind of get the where he's going from room to room, and they is chasing after the girl that was in the picture. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but but it's not the it's not the guy. It's not the husband who was killed. It's him. So um, that's why there's that's it's a kind of a weird kind of. I probably need to see it. it was weird. Maybe yeah, I, that was just- I didn't hear you, Keith. I said maybe if I watch it on a, a second time, maybe I'll, I'll get a little bit more clarification. But it didn't make I was a bit lost a little bit. Same here. There were there were some things that weren't weren't, weren't the clearest. But what did what did Daryl? Okay, did you catch this? I was going to ask you guys in the, the movie. Did did they never do say what Daryl does to Cap? Did he sexually assault her? or he murdered? You no, know, the accident. The the one that the gross one. The accident. They're I, all friendly and stuff at I don't, her. Don't think, yeah, I don't think but he has sinister intentions when he picks her up, you know? Well, he kills her first, doesn't he? I mean, he runs over her and then puts her in the car. Yeah. Then he appears yeah. to be friendly and helpful at first. And he has sinister intentions. Well, while he's talking to them on the phone, and basically it's like, you know, and, and this is where you get kind of this weird purgatory thing because it's like, don't go out in the desert because you won't come back. You know, right. don't, you can't leave the town. So only the town can let you go. So they actually let Lucas go at the end, don't they? Right. And they and they and they replace his car with the same car, and they have his clothes there. So it's almost like it's almost like he's on this weird. It's kind of reminds me of like of a big Twilight Zone. But yes, exactly. Yeah, it could be even outer limits. I mean, but you're not going anywhere. You're stuck there, and it looks like that you're going to repeat this horrendous cycle. Mm. Is what it appears to me. I was just wondering because when he hits her with the car, it just seemed like he had some other intentions to you. And he, he was an asshole, period. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But everybody but, gets theirs, don't they? Well, in that hotel room, I mean, the guy in the beginning of the film, you know, his friend get the driver gets killed, of course, by the right creature. Right. And then, he goes in the hotel room and then he then he's chasing after his daughter, but he but he's trying to save the apper, his, his daughter Catherine or his apper, right. His and he's caught in that loop where he can't he can't reach her and save her, so he's kind of caught in this halfway hell, quite tormented, and so he's living with regret. I guess but, that's what so whatever happened is. For, for him to save her has something to do with the husband of the last the last story so right she must be dead so because if he's seeing her i'm assuming that she's dead probably so so he's probably you know 
sucks. So, I mean, there was a few times that I, I guess that may be my only issue with movies. They're, they did keep it all together, but there was a little continuity issue here and there. It left me questioning, you know. But I guess maybe that's what the directors had in mind when they did it. Well, I mean, each story is written by someone else as well. Right. Which, again, I have to applaud because you wouldn't yeah. know that, that it was written by different people. Because even the dialogue, even the dialogue that they're saying, and all the actors that are in the different segments are all talking like they've been written by the same person, right? So, so I have to, you know, so I have to my, you know, my hat's got to go off to that as well. Oh, it was cool. well done. I thought it was say I thought it was one director and one screenwriter through the whole thing. I was well, I shocked. thought it was one director too. I didn't know it was three directors until you just said something, and I've watched this before. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a minor miracle that this film is as good as it is with how many cooks are in, are are too in many the cooks kitchen. in the kitchen room soup. I mean, not in this case. I, in this case, it works. Works for me. I liked it quite a bit. I think it's one. I of the, love the monsters. They were scary. I mean, they're menacing. You couldn't see the strings. <laughs> Again, I can't think of a weak segment in this because even the segments yeah. that are odd, I liked. My favorite part of this was that they were eating the meatloaf and then they were in the 50s place with the two weird-ass twins. That was just just seeing those two boys. I time to get out. That's all I would have to see with those two twins. That's it. Out of here. So I guess, yeah, uh, what, what story, is there any story that didn't work for you guys? I mean, I, I felt they were all solid. They're yeah. all solid and interwoven. Freaky-ass Jen. Solid I mean, for me. Freaky. I probably will go out and buy a copy of this now. Same here. This is gonna be this is gonna be one that I'm proudly gonna have on the shelf uh, at some point. Mm. Oh. All roads lead to Rome. So I guess that brings us to the end of the uh, Literary License podcast for this week. I'm going to throw it back to Keith, who's going to tell you what's coming up in the all the upcoming weeks. Go ahead and take it away, Keith. Okay, well, um, we will be continuing Doctor Who. We'll be covering the Daleks Master Plan in the Ark, and that will be coming out next week. And, of course, we'll go back to our books of screen. We'll be doing The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by um, Frank Baum, which was written in 1900, and The Wizard of Oz 1939 film. And Batman the Anime Series will be continuing with The Avatar, House and Garden, The Terrible Trio, and Harlequin Aid. And Dark Families will be continuing our Oz series with Return to Oz and Oz the Great and Powerful. And anthologies will come back to some classic TV, turn into motion pictures with The Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983, and Night Gallery from 1969, which will have a special segment with Steven Spielberg in one of his um, directorial debuts. Then next week, of course, will be for us will be Wizard of Oz. So good night for myself. Good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vix. Good night, guys. Wizard of but we can't say what we've seen, and we're not little children, and we know what we want.